Hey, Guy, can you imagine that we talk about you know legal marketing and technology, et cetera? What is the number one thing that gets people to watch a YouTube video about legal marketing? Puppies. We've proven <laughs> it's, it's true. It's puppies. You can take all the gavels and American flags off your websites and put puppies up. I mean, this is a little test for us, but we we used flagrantly my puppy and a picture of the puppy on the YouTube video as that kind of start screen to see what was going to happen. And yes, more of you have watched that video than any other. Everybody so, already knows this, though. I know, but it's like it's so We've craven. I know. Science. We have mathematically proved scientifically, because science, puppies work, even when you're talking about the mundane issues of legal marketing. And don't forget, we're on YouTube. So if you want to get more of Guy and Conrad and Guy's beautiful face, learn more about legal oh. marketing, maybe see some puppies, watch some videos, feel free to like, share, and comment. If you have any burning legal marketing questions, ask them in the comments. We'll answer. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube. This always makes our, our um, you know, the LHLM community better. And the content that we get, the questions that we get coming from you always make these segments better. So we really appreciate it. So find us on YouTube and ask some questions. Conrad, what are we talking about today? So my friend, as always, we're going to do a quick hit on the news, although there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. So that segment keeps getting longer, and I think it's going to continue. And I am really looking forward to this. We have been talking about... TikTok. And I don't think that TikTok is the be-all end-all of legal marketing, but we're going over a what is proving to be a very controversial lawyer using TikTok. Criminal defense, TikTok lawyer. Stay tuned because this is going to be interesting. We actually invited him to join us and did not get a response. And finally, we're going to end with, and stay tuned for this because this is really important, five tips to increase your referrals. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome, 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 three welcomes to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Glad that you're able to join us today. Let's hit that news segment. Our friends at My Case in the news this week. My Case buys Docket Wise. Docket Wise. I believe. Docket <laughs> yeah, Wise. Yeah, Docket yes. Wise. Not Docket Alarm, Docket Wise, which is an immigration practitioner software. More consolidation, the story of the day. As we typically say, uh, you can rest assured that now Docket Wise is supported by Capital because My Case is supported by Capital. I actually recently published for my case. We should throw some links on there to those yeah. articles. Did Nikki ask you? She did. Thanks, Nikki. I did an article for Nikki as well. So oh, well, go, now we can't use go it. Go check out our... Talk about it. If you want to hear more of Guy and Conrad, go check out my case's blog because there's great content from both of us. It's more of a read, Guy and Conrad, but... Well, unless you did video, I don't know. I didn't. Anyway, Google Analytics 4 is a reminder, you know, and you can hashtag LHLM on this one. Should we do a GA4 segment you want to hear more about ga4 the issues i said no conrad said yes you tell us but this is your regular reminder ga4 is coming if you don't update it your analytics data is going away and you're going to be in the dark 
I just got off the phone with my friends at HubSpot talking about this, and I will tell you that I think there are going to be some alternatives to Google Analytics for your analytics, HubSpot. should you choose to do that. Let's get your friends from HubSpot on the show. Uh, yeah. All right, we can talk about there that. There you go. All right, Johnny Depp, made for TV. Are you Team Johnny or Team Amber? So I am Team Neither because I'm a pop culture... Um, I, I, I mean... I've seen one of Johnny Depp's movies, I think. I just don't. I Lunch just don't Hour Legal Marketing is your pop culture. It is. This is his pop culture as I get. But the interesting thing that came out of this, there is an autocomplete for Amber Heard, who is, uh, it says, if you if you do an autocomplete for Amber Heard Lawyer, it I think it, it, it autocompletes to Bad Lawyer. Amber Heard. No, one it's. Of, no, it's uh, get, me, it, get me straight here. It's if you type in the lawyer's name, oh. it autocompletes to Bad oh. Lawyer. Yeah, that's that's bad. And uh, Conrad, maybe we should do a segment on that in the future, but not today. Not today. Um, yeah, but think about think about the association that happens with that. Like, what a what a nightmare, right? It's not ideal situation. Well, before we dive back in, let's thank our sponsors. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app. And we're back. So this has been floating around the internet as well. There is a lawyer in California who is on TikTok and he's filming his clients right out of court. You know, hey, we just got you off your third DUI. Are you grateful for my services? Uh, in fact, well, let's play a little clip so you can get a, a flavor of what's going on here because this is, this is something. <laughs> All right, we just got out of court in beautiful Newport Beach. We're here on a second time DUI. My great client here uh, was pulled over. He had doubled the legal limit. He was actually at 0.18 blood alcohol content. He had 13 nanograms of cocaine in his blood. They found a lovely empty vial of that also. Uh, he was looking at 150 days of county jail out here. And we just crushed it. He's going to do how much jail? Crushed it. None. Zero, Zero jail. Zero, Zero jail. Everybody's proud. Super year, happy. He's going to be all done with this case. And he can move on with his life. And any so future employer who would like to hire this gentleman now 
can take this all in consideration. Let's go. Let's go. So, Conrad, here we are. TikTok. And really, you know, we're going to talk about the lens of TikTok. It's on TikTok. And, you know, we should say in the wonderful world of the Internet and human nature, his videos are exploding. He's getting tens of thousands of likes and comments and tons of pub. We've seen some other podcasts and video content covering the topic. In fact, uh, I even he's saw getting he's a getting a couple of links. Yeah, he's even getting a couple of links out of this. So, you know, for the SEO people out there, his SEO team's super proud. So, what do you think, Conrad? Is this a good way to market your practice on TikTok? Well, I'm, I'm going to take the counterpoint here because the back and forth is important. And I want to... I want to give the counterpoint. This reminds me very much of our good friend, the Texas Law Hawk, which makes almost every lawyer who I show that to, all of his stuff, want to kind of retch. And I'll tell you a couple of things. One, Texas Law Hawk, the branding on that, his ability to actually build a brand, whether or not there's any affinity, you feel any affinity to that brand is, is immaterial in my mind because there are people for whom do feel a really strong affinity to that. And he's doing that. He's doing that very well. He's leveraging. We talked about dark social the other day. He's leveraging other people to share his brand and who he is. And most importantly, from a pure, smarmy, scummy marketing perspective, I remember when we were building, we're do, I, this is early on in my career in legal, 2006, maybe 2007. I, we did a lot of research around what do people want to know about their lawyer when they are choosing to hire a lawyer. You know what the number one thing was? It wasn't responsiveness. That's what they look for in a lawyer. The number one thing people want to know about a lawyer is their win rate, right? And here's this guy using his own clients. And I will use the phrase using his own clients because he is absolutely using his own clients. We can get into that. But he is using his own clients to talk about what everyone wants to know from a criminal defense attorney, which is what is your win rate? It's effective. Well, sort of. He's sort of um, talking about win rate. I mean, he's. Not, I'm sure he's not doing TikToks for the times he screws up. I, I, one, one, I mean, yes, uh, sure. So, yeah, he's. But he's. But for to your point, he's definitely publicizing results with his publicizing client results. There who's nodding along as he outs their criminal <laughs> charges. So here, good points, and you know, all publicity is good publicity. Here we are talking about him. No such thing as bad, bad PR for link building, right? Let's go. Well, let's go. Let's go. Right? Crushing it. Um, <laughs> you know, so let's, let's, we'll get into the, the taste factor. But here's my big difference, though, between yeah. your example with Texas Lawhawk. Texas Lawhawk's not doing, has, doesn't have his clients up there. Texas Lawhawk, just Texas Lawhawk. Texas Lawhawk can do whatever he wants as Texas Lawhawk. He can go on the, with his crazy American flags and his wings and his screech. That's him. That's how he wants to uh, portray himself and brand himself. That's his choice. Like, you know, lawyers, there's this old-fashioned theory that lawyers should be doing what's in the best interest of their clients. Now, in California, and I'm not a legal ethics expert on California legal ethics, but my quick read of California's Rules of Professional Conduct say, you know, one, there's an issue of like some of the stuff he's talking about, could it be protected as a confidence? Like maybe not, maybe not the charges, but he's getting into some details of these cases yep. that I don't know might run follow that, but you know, my hunch is he's getting their consent 
is it informed consent? You know, is he like, hey, we're going to step out of the courtroom. Are you okay if I pull out my phone and record you on TikTok, taking consideration that a lot of people are going to see this, potentially your family, potentially your friends, potentially your employer, potentially future employers. Are you cool with that? that so let me, so cool? I spent a lot of time looking at David Porcellini, right? He does not do that. You're, you're setting me up for a straw man answer to your question. He does not do that. And in fact, there is a interview of David where I think the interviewer says, so you ambush them when you walk outside the court. And he's like, yep. <laughs> right. And there's all this guffawing that goes on. So if he's not getting their consent, like, well, he's asking. He's, I mean, well, so just wait me, for the state bar to come around. Let, let me let me split this into two things for you, Key. It, do you 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 clearly have an ethics concern, which I think is is a fair concern to have. Do you have a taste concern? Like, is this just too far beyond the pale for a lawyer to do? Well, see, I, I'm I'm big on the you have as a lawyer, you have the right to position yourself however you want. You can be law hawk, okay. you can be hammer, you can be whatever you want. You can even be, let's go, crush it. But you do, to me, maybe it's old-fashioned, you have an obligation to act in the best interest of your client. Now, and we'll throw this in there. So I, I, uh, we've talked about Maximum Lawyer Facebook community. I posted it in there. I'm not going to, you know, it's a private community. So if you want to see what's the conversations there, I encourage you to join it. In fact... Conrad and I are on Max LawCon podcast, so check that out. Little plug for them. Oh yeah, well done. Um, we'll put that. In. Well, that's not live yet. Yeah. We'll, we will try and find and add that to the show notes. But uh, friend of the pod, Carolyn Elephant, shared. And this is uh, on her blog at My Shingle, so we'll make sure that's in the show notes too. She uh, has published on this a long time ago because it nothing to do with TikTok. Like I, don't know, I think it was like 2012, maybe about. Lawyers using video testimonials of clients in general, you know, and there's some good points in there. I, uh, I'm not a hundred percent in alignment, like don't use video testimonials of clients, period. But if you're going to, you got to be doing it in a way that isn't going to undermine the best interest of clients. So what does that mean? Right. Where's, cause it's a grayer. I mean, this, yeah, I mean, should, should so, you not review your lawyer on, uh, on right. Google then? Right. Like there's, there's uh, a, there's I a think spectrum. That's, a, that's Right. That, I think that's the question at hand. And and I think I don't want to, I can't, obviously I can't speak for everybody. You can hashtag LHLM on this one and can join the Facebook groups or on YouTube. You can leave some comments because I'd love to hear from you, lawyers and everyone. But, you know, if somebody, if you, let's just go through a couple of these examples. Example number one, you got acquitted for your third DUI. The client says, anything I can do for you? Well, you know, we're a, a lot of our business comes from the internet. We have a Google business profile. If you'd be willing to leave a review there, I'd really appreciate it. By the way, you don't have to say anything about the representation. Now, the counterpoint is, is that just by leaving the review, you're saying something about the representation, right? <laughs> Issue, of course, is that in the competitive landscape, you know, direct to consumer uh, lawyers, your if your business is on the internet. People expect to see reviews there, you know, and this goes back to some of the stuff that you talked about at Avo, where it's like, there's a serious dilemma between what's in the best interests of the client and the lawyer's marketing. And so, you know, review online, the client does takes it on their own volition and decides to leave a review, you know, client made that decision. Okay, fine. 
Yeah, but 19 times out of 20, they're being asked, right? Clients own volition. Right. The fine. question is, the, the ask is the issue. And, you know, and by the way, in some states, as I read the rules, I think it's South Carolina, <laughs> if you claim your Google business profile, even if you don't ask, if someone leaves a review there, you're responsible for the content on the Google business profile. Well, that was one of the, the bars rules. early. Many of the bars had yeah. that problem with Avo. You claim your profile, you're responsible for the reviews. What? Welcome to the internet, <laughs> right? right? Well, welcome to bar regulation as well. Right. But, but Thank so, you, so, state bar, dear state bar regulator. Oh, we got to go back to that. Yeah. Dear state yeah. bar regulator, please don't watch David Porcellini's videos and use that to guide your decision-making factors, right? Yeah. Well, I, you, so the taste thing, like, look, it doesn't really matter what I think about the taste thing. The best interest of the client, I think that's really at the issue. Now, the other, from a marketing standpoint, here's some other things that I don't know if this gentleman has considered. How many friends, you know, we're going to talk about referrals coming up here. How many other lawyer friends for that are referrals is this person making, right? Because, you know, hey, TikTok, the TikTok crowd loves this guy. You think all the other California lawyers that might be willing to refer him business or other people in professional context? Now, he, you might say, that's not who he's marketing to. Who cares? 100%. He doesn't care about referrals. No, I think this is, so we're going to talk later about like, ironically, we're putting these back to back. We're going to talk about referrals later. I'm going to guess that Portia Limi's referral from the legal industry is close to zero, if not negative, right? Like <laughs> or, don't work with David Portia Limi. He's going to put now. you on video, right? Like that's probably happening. Having said that, you guys want to find a way around the pay-per-click games, right? Those huge expenditures, you're running criminal defense. I think this, he's in Los Angeles, I think. Yeah, okay, let's have people on TikTok do your marketing for you, right? I'll be curious to see if one of these clients doesn't uh, say, hey, you know what, this is false light publicity. I mean, again, I don't know what all the rules on that are because I haven't practiced law in 400 years, but <laughs> hey, you know, you kind of ambushed me on this and it's all over the web. The New York Times is doing a story about it and here I am, you know, with my vial of cocaine and I can't get a job now. Thanks, lawyer. So here's here's the thing. I mean, Ed, we're doing this as a podcast. You have to recognize, Just I'm going to describe this for you if you haven't seen it, the clients aren't named and the mask. I don't know that this would happen in a non-COVID world. They're all masked. Hmm. And so there's, there is, you can make the argument there's more anonymity for a masked, nameless person on video than there is if I, if I leave a Google review that says, you know, Conrad Song, right? There's, I'm going to throw one more angle on this one before go. we go to our next segment. I wonder how this is impacting him in court. You know, ah, the, ju yes. the judges are going to find out about this guy. And, you know, judges are supposed to be impartial, right? Doesn't matter if you're the law hawk or you're the TikTok person. But I got to <laughs> tell you, my hunch is, is that he walks in and some of these judges, they're as hard as they're trying to be impartial. They're like, this is the guy. Well, maybe it's not even the judge either. It's just the prosecutors start like, getting tired right. of being made to look like morons, right? Like we're, we, yeah, we are right. no, no longer taking for anything for Portia Limi's clients, right? Right. And, and, and again, best interest of the client now. So, so that right? totally valid. So my first thoughts were that when I saw this and the second was, are these really his clients? Right. Who is right? I, I that would really, actually be the best if he just if they're all actors and it well, was just like, oh yeah, I didn't disclose that they're actors. No, no, no. Someone someone placed that to him and said, listen, there's no way, and you'll see in a lot of the comments I said, like, there's no way. This is sarcasm, it's satire. There's these are actors, these are his friends. He says no. 
Yeah. Well, the problem anyway, if he's doing that, it would still be misleading, I think, uh, under California's want, rule. Well, yeah. So you're going to the ethics side. Like, like the actor yeah. thing would be super, super yeah, bad. Yeah, the ethics. But the what ethics. he says, and I think this is important, and, and again, I'm trying to present the counterpoint here, and he does a very... He's very articulate when he talks about you're dealing with people who are very scared and because you have gotten them through this very awful situation, they are amazingly grateful and they are very happy to recommend me. And frankly, like that is a really important perspective that I think we often miss. Again, I find this utterly tasteless. Well, all Would, the more reason that they probably can't give proper informed consent though. See, you're I'm, going back. I just, I'm in an emotional state. Yeah. I just, I'm... Um, and now, and you ambush me here. And how so, can I give you consent to do this properly? Okay. okay. Right. So, so you're making the consent argument that even though he's asking them that because I'm they're literally the, walking, I'm not making out any arguments. I'm I'm asking whether or not this is in the best interest of the clients because that's Wait, what the lawyer is supposed to be thinking. Are about, you being Socratic and going law school with me? Huh. I think you are saying this is not in the best interest of the clients. I'm going Greek. And- I'm going Greek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, we will get legal philosopher Guy Saklakis coming back to you later. We we would love to have David on the show, by the way. I did reach out to his office. Uh, this, David, I suspect is going to filter back to you. If you would like to have a follow-up conversation, we would love to have you on the show. So give us a – find us. You're Actually, you already have my number because I left it for you. By the way, your receptionist does not answer the phone quickly enough, but that's a different oh. conversation. Oh, Ooh, ouch. We'll be back after the break to talk about five tips for referral marketing that don't involve exposing your clients. Let's go. And now for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by Clio. TikTok. Ever wonder how other law firms spend their money? According to 67% of lawyers, Legal practice management software is a key investment. If you rely on pen and paper or server-based systems to manage your practice, you may be missing out on billables. Instead of printing and mailing your bills, the right legal software lets you create, edit, and approve bills in minutes. Plus, you can send them electronically and collect payment on the same day. Imagine that. This is just one of the ways in which legal practice management software can simplify your day-to-day. You know, that's a very compelling feature, this billing and payment stuff. And I know a lot of practice management tools, including Clio, are focused on this. Make it easy to get paid. Yeah. This is marketing 101. Better experience for clients. Basics. Pen and paper. I remember, too, you know, the other one, they threw in the uh, server-based systems you know, I know there's a lot of firms. This was classic. Uh, I remember Jack Newton at Tech Show many years ago when he was first fighting the fight on cloud, which he's clearly won. You know, these lawyers, oh, no, we got our own server. But then, you know, the IT on the server, they're like, the server in the office is way more secure than the cloud. And it's like, <laughs> are you serious? That was one that was always, I always rem- yeah. will be nostalgic for that one. Because I was like, I've seen those servers. They haven't been touched in years and could Hack right into them. Anyway, not about or that. you unplug them accidentally. Right, sure. To learn more about what technologies other law firms are investing in, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends. Now, Guy, you and I talk a lot about 
referrals and the importance of referrals and referral marketing. And we haven't yet done a segment on what are the things we can do to improve our referrals, right? So where would you start with on, okay, what do we need to do in order to drive more of this, and I'm going to set you up for your answer here, this free marketing channel? Ha! <laughs> now, now I can't, I was going to get into the constructive tips, but now that you've said it's free, I'm well, going you to can, say, I, I don't mean, know, there's nothing, there's nothing free. There's nothing free? It's going to take your time or it's going to take your money. Okay. There's always a cost. But, you know, constructively, you know, um, we always talk about put yourself in the referrer's position, right? So who are the, number one, who are the referrers, right? Former clients. Do you keep in touch with former clients? No, I don't. Other lawyers. Are you making friends with lawyers in your community by publishing your clients' results on TikTok? (laughs) Um, uh, Other professionals, right? Because think about it. Most people that don't know a lawyer that might be seeking a referral or don't know a lawyer for this particular issue they're facing, they're going to go to somebody that they trust, might be an accountant, might be another professional service person. So start thinking about who these folks are. But then once you get to, okay, now I know who the referral sources are, how are you nurturing the relationship with the referral source? How do you say thanks, right? So I got a card the other day in the mail, handwritten thank you note. And it was because of you, Guy. I got a card from Gina Guzman, who I did a talk with at ABA Tech Show. I had not met her until ABA Tech Show. We did a great talk together. Well, I think it was a great talk. She probably wishes I hadn't spoken so much, but I got a, this wasn't even a referral. She sent me a handwritten thank you note about how great it was to present with me. When's the last time you've sent a handwritten thank you note, people? Like that is very different. The other thing that Gina did in that handwritten thank you note, you and you know this about me, Guy, I love Dunkin' Donuts. And I, I can tell you where the Dunkin' Donuts is in almost at least 10 different East Coast airports because I'm in Seattle and we've got Starbucks and it's overpriced and awful. Anyway, Gina put in a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts, which is now sitting in my wallet. And the next time I fly into the East Coast, I'm going to buy a uh, Bavarian cream and a jelly donut and a medium coffee with cream and sugar. And it'll be delicious. And I'll think of Gina. Handwritten thank you notes. I love the beyond, I love the handwritten thank you note, but you know what I really love? Hit me. I love the thoughtful gift yes. that's like yes. contextually re- like you actually because guess what it sh- you know what it shows it shows you care about the person yes. like oh i'm thinking about you and what you're all about where you are in the world what's important to you love that one you know and it's not that hard like it's really not that hard gene and i were clearly talking about my love of dunkin donuts and she put it in the back of her mind and did a great job i'll, I'll give you another tip when we're talking about thank yous I think you need to send a thank you regardless of how bad the referral was. I think a lot of times, by the way, 99% of you aren't doing this well. 99% of you aren't sending the thank you or the gift or, or, or whatever it might be, right? But there's also this perspective that, oh, if this turns into a client, I'll send them a thank you. That's, a, that's terrible. That is, what, what a selfish perspective that you have. I think you should take every single opportunity regardless of how shitty that referral, that individual referral is, 
to show off your largesse by sending that thank you for every single referral, right? And it's not about whether or not that person was injured enough to be worthy of working with you that deserves a thank you. It's the fact that someone, doesn't matter who it was, thought of you when they knew someone in need. Well, and that's the thing that a lot of lawyers think too. Like, oh, like I'm the person they're going to refer to. And I, I know positioning wise and marketing <laughs> yeah. and niche wise, like lawyers want to do that. I think, and that's it. It's a good positioning to be that person, but the truth is, especially in major metros, these lawyers, they know 50 of you. And yeah. so it's not about like, you know, what is it going to be? And a lot of, and sadly, I know lawyers aren't going to like this and you can hashtag LHLM this one too, but what are they thinking about? They're like, I want to make sure that the person I'm referring to this lawyer is going to be in good hands. Okay. So that narrows my list down to 20. <laughs> Next, I want to make sure that, you know, especially in the uh, context where there's a, uh, some of the, you know, and some lawyers hate this, but it depends on the context, you know, personal injury, there's probably going to be a f- referral fee. So they're, yep. they're thinking about maximizing the fee. So that narrows it down to 10. <laughs> yeah. Then finally, it's going to be like, well, are you top of mind? And are you grateful? Those are the things that the, I'm telling you, that's what people think about because, so many times I've seen it. I've been in the room where it happens and the referral will be like, oh yeah, I just wasn't thinking of you or, oh, hey, I got your email. And by the way, I I meant to refer this case to you. It's literally, even with deep relationships, these referrals, they're happening because of top of mind awareness, gratitude, and of course the trust and competency of the lawyer. But guess what? There's a lot of lawyers doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, the you talk about top of mind part. awareness and gratitude. So, I, I like this is why I think you send that thank you regardless, right, of how bad the referral is. No, that, that, that keeps the sad part is to your point. That's a way to stand out, saying yeah. thanks because no yeah. one else is doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So cross that very, very small threshold. The other thing that you said was gratitude. One of the things I would really encourage you to do and to think about is, can you send? So we talked about the thank you note. Can you send a really great gift, the thank you gift. And I'm going to use two different examples. There is a a woman, I believe she's in Manhattan. She has Down syndrome and she wanted to become a baker and she couldn't get a job at a bakery. And she has now started a thing called Colette's Cookies. And every time you send something from Colette's Cookies, A, the cookies are amazing. And B, you are supporting someone in their entrepreneurial adventure who has Down syndrome, you are a good person, right? So you want to be memorable and show some sense of gratitude, go pay that forward with a Colette's Cookies. And there's plenty of things. You can do a local side to this. There's lots of things that you can do that make you stand out beyond the fruit basket, right? Yeah. The other one that I was going to, that you mentioned there in your, at least in the show notes, is the tracking and rewarding. So if you refer a client or get a client, I'm sorry, if you get a client referred to you, Go back and let the referral source know what happened. Now, the lawyers are going to be like, well, you can't blow confidences. Well, of course you can't. But you can say, hey, thanks for the referral. And then, hey, you know, we've taken on, uh, you know, again, we can, it's different context and how you say it and how to deliver it. I think there are some uh, ethics things you want to think about. But, you know, saying thanks and then checking in with the referral source on it. I know in in the plaintiff world, that's a very strong part of the referral equation is to keep the referral source updated about 
some high level things that are going on with the representation. And then when you do that, what happens? You stay top of mind. You stay top of mind and they feel confident that they that yeah. they're in good hands and that the client is being treated properly and that the case is being followed up on. Like that stuff matters to folks. So I'm going to go back to our good friend David. And we talked about dark social the other day. But to me, we'll put the dark social episode back in the show notes. What David is doing, and I'm I'm blanking on it, it's David Porcellini is doing with TikTok, whether or not, regardless, so I'm going beyond the ethics side of things and going beyond the, the tasteless side of things. He is generating a huge referral network of people who believe that he can get people off for some really, really crazy crimes. And he's leveraging the network effect and frankly, the gag effect of the content that he's like the it's tasteless and tasteless it's selling, right? It's getting shared and he's generating a really, really wide referral network, right? And yes, they're not gonna be lawyers. I can't imagine a single lawyer would would ever be like, yes, let's promote this. But it's gonna be a lot of people who may find themselves in need of David services. So I really look at, you know, we're, we're kind of enumerating these here, but you know, one of the top things that you can do is use dark social to drive referrals within your town. I talk about using social media to turn your town or your city into your referral network. It's a huge opportunity. Very powerful. The other one that comes up a lot, and I actually, some people disagreed with this one on LinkedIn with me, but becoming a refer. Why does people disagree with that? Be- um, it's, there's a, it's not even worth getting into, but <laughs> a lot of people will say, the fact that I'm saying, you know, look, if you refer cases out, you're more likely to get cases back. You know, they would say something like, well, you shouldn't be making the referral for that reason or something. But my, my point is this. Strategically, the missed opportunity is this. Someone calls you. You're a criminal defense lawyer. Hey, uh, you know, my friend was in a car accident. Can you help me out? No, we don't do that. Have a nice day. What? <laughs> You don't know another lawyer that you might be able, that you trust, would do a good job that you can refer the case to? You know, in fact, you know, I tell people when lawyers, when people call up and they're like, they got the wrong number, they think they called somebody else, try to help them out. I mean, I'll tell you, I've seen reviews online where it's like, hey, this lawyer wasn't the right lawyer for me, but he spent the time to listen to my issue and then made a referral to someone who could help me out, knowing that he was never going to benefit from this financially. Like that was an actual review on Google. And so what you're doing there is you're actually creating two referral sources. You're carrying a referral source for the lawyer and you're creating a referral source for that person that you've helped without getting anything out of it. The business karma concept of this is so obvious. And I think your ability to this sounds super corny. If you try and give more than you, if you try and give without even trying to get, you will win this game. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk basically titled his one of his, his best books on uh, social media marketing, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which was you never make the ask early on, right? Build the trust with the jabs over and over and over and over where you're not asking for anything, you're giving. And then if you do have to make that ask, when you want to make that ask, that's your right hook. I even take it further. Just give it. Play the business karma game. It works. It comes back to you. The, the lawyers, I mean, the lawyers that I know and admire, like it's such about giving back and helping other people. And then it comes back. 
because you become known as a person who cares about other people. And like, what better position can you have as a law firm than that? And one more final thing on this, I have to say it. Referrals aren't free. You know, we hear this all the time, like, oh, you just do hard work and you get referrals. And yep, you probably do a little bit. But whether you're sending cookies or hopping on a plane to nurture a relationship or any other things that, are, that take your time, writing a handwritten thank you note, they're not free and you need to think about them in the context of your budget. And, you know, people don't like to hear this. You know, we hear that we have the conversation. What's the, we talk about cost per acquisition all the time. What's the cost per acquisition from my Google ad? What's my cost per acquisition from organic? What's the cost per acquisition from all these different channels? Well, referrals, you got to think about your cost per acquisition in the referral standpoint. And even in, because uh, I know what you're about to say uh, something, I'll let you say your point. But my thing about it, the ancillary benefit and on top of holding it account, holding those dollars and time accountable is that you tend to do it more because you're managing it, right? You're tracking it and you're managing those budgets and those investments, and it makes you more disciplined in how you handle your referrals. Yeah, I mean, the, the discipline thing, you all know you should do this. And nine out of 10 of you, 19 out of 20 of you, 99 out of 100 of you lack the discipline to do this systematically. My counterpoint on the referrals aren't free is, yeah, but they're really, really cheap compared to pay-per-click. Right? That's what so, I thought you were going to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the I mean, just think like just think about this. Like my referral gift of choice is a bottle of scotch and I've backed away from that because I've sent bottles of scotch to A, people who are recovering and B, people who are Mormon. So those are those have been my two faux pas with my bottle of scotch gift, but like even if I go bananas and oh, by the way, so ha, we can use this. I sent to one of my people, hey, please send uh, Guy a really high-end bottle of scotch as a thank you for a referral recently. This was last week, right? And I know you haven't gotten the scotch yet, but I know Guy likes scotch, and so that's safe. Well, I but thought they were waiting I, to find out if it was going to become a client. Right! That's the, so I had this argument with my sales guy. He was like, well, we got we to wait. If we're going to send him a really nice bottle of scotch, we got to see whether or not blah, blah, blah turns into a client. I was like, the hell we do. Like that is such a bad message to your friends. Like I'm so and so coming back to my point, even if I go bananas on a really, really high end bottle of scotch, compared to my like cost per click for like law firm marketing agency, and then they go to my site and there's this massive funnel that they may or may not fall through each step. A bottle of scotch, a super high end bottle of scotch is a pittance compared to what you're thinking about from a cost per acquisition. hundred percent. Oh, by the way, bottle of scotch, you can get those engraved. Thank you from Mockingbird, right? It's awesome. There you go. And then, and then and, they can't re-gift those and they have to sit on the shelf for a while and remind them where that bottle of scotch came from. There's my last referral tip. Yeah, we'll put some more resources for how to uh, improve referrals. Lawmatics has a great ebook and actually did a webinar with Matt on this topic. So we'll put make sure that's in the show notes. Let's get Colette's cookies in the show notes. Yeah. And the reserve bar, that's where you can get scotch engraved. There's there's lots of great things that you can do. But here's, think local, right? Find something local that you can support. Well, unfortunately, the saddest part of our time, the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something of value. Please do remember to review, particularly Apple Podcasts, and check out YouTube. Let us know what you think of us on video. Uh, if our makeup looks good, if I need to clean up my bookshelf. Appreciate your time. And until next time, Guy and Conrad out for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Money makes a
Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. See, who's Tom Brady? Oh, wait, no. Uh-oh. He's Michigan, Uh-oh. so this I know. Is offensive. I'm kidding. I'm this kidding. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.